Well, it's our final week in our series, Relation Flip. And so let me get you caught up if you haven't been here. This is our fourth week where we've really been talking about flipping sour relationships uh, upside down, changing the direction because relationships are so fragile. Sometimes they go south and they really require effort and wisdom in order for, to get it right. So our first week we talked about toxic talk, how our language, how our words uh, influence our relationship in such an important way. Things like gossip, slander, half-truth, manipulation, these things are so destructive to relationships. And we have to be really fervent in making sure that our, the way that we speak is truthful and encouraging. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about forgiveness, where really the heart of our relationship with God is forgiveness. And God models that and demonstrates it and says, this is what you should also do. You should be people that forgive. Last week we talked about boundaries. How sometimes things get out of whack. Sometimes we attribute characteristics to people that are inappropriate. We expect other people to save us. And sometimes others expect us to save them. But the only, there's only one God, and that's the only one that can save us. And we have to put appropriate boundaries in our life to make sure that things don't get messed up and we don't create codependent relationship or dependent relationships. So that's what we talked about over the last several weeks. And those things will flip relationships around. And so I invite you, if you missed any of those, to uh, get caught up on our podcast. And you can check out any of those. Has this been a helpful uh, conversation for your relationships? Okay. If not, just lie. Okay, right now. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's been really helpful for me thinking about all of these things because relationships are so, so fragile, but so, so important. So today, we're going to talk about conflict. We're going to talk about conflict, which is always a part of relationship. It always is. You can't just avoid it. You can't just say, I'm not going to have conflict. Everything's going to be peaceful. There's going to be no disagreement, no argument. Of course, there's going to be conflict in all of your relationships. When I think about the word conflict, I think back to when I was about 13 or 14 years old, and my uncle got me a gift for Christmas. He got me a little video game. And back then, what it was is I had a little computer, home computer. Our family had a computer. We were really cool. And got the floppy disk of a game called Conflict. That was the name of the game. And I don't know what my uncle was thinking, but he thought that I would find it interesting to play a game that what you did is you were in the Middle East as the prime minister of Israel, and you had to sort through all the different conflict with the different countries, with, you know, Egypt, and, and Syria would get mad, and Iraq would get mad at you, and then Jordan would get on somebody's side, and then all of a sudden your country's invaded and you would, you'd, the World War III would start. That was the game. Okay? That was the game. And it wasn't like you're shooting machine guns or anything like that. It's all about diplomacy. 
So my uncle thought that as a 14-year-old, I would be very interested in global diplomacy and solving all the problems in the Middle East, and I would be able to peacefully resolve all the different conflict between all of the Middle Eastern nations and win the game. I failed miserably at the game every single time I played. I kind of actually liked the game. It was kind of fun, but here's what, what would happen. I was like, hey, I was trying to be nice to everybody, and these people would be mad at me, these people would be mad at me, and then all of a sudden I'd get invaded and everyone was dead. Okay, and that was World War III, and that was how the game went. And so I wasn't very good at conflict, okay? And sometimes we look at conflicts like that, like, like, you know what? There's all these, all these factions, all these opinions, all this stuff going on. Can everybody just get along? And we're in the middle of it, and then World War III breaks out. And uh, then it's all over. Well, that's how it feels like. That's what it feels like a lot of times. And in my life, sometimes, I felt like I'm in the middle of something that I didn't, didn't intend to be in the middle of. And there are no really good answers. It is just conflict. It is just a problem. And it is just a mess. Trying to, trying to like mediate between family members, friends. Trying to keep the peace on Facebook. Trying to, like, trying to make sure that everything is okay. When, if you talk about politics or religion or any of these things, trying to, trying to be in the middle of that sometimes is really challenging. But our relationships require this of us. You know, a good Bible verse that could be used really for our entire series, Romans 12, 18. This is really the goal of the whole series, Relation Flip. And it's something that I made reference to as we did our family dinners, but it's just one little part in that, where it says this in Romans 12, 18. It says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Let me say just really quick, we're going to get into how to deal with conflict. Conflict, uh, you know, in all kinds of different relationships in your life. But really, the Bible verse has a little uh, wisdom, a little nugget in there that is not going to be the focus of my message. But I want to make reference to it. It says, as far as it, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, if it's possible. Let me just say, sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes it is not possible to live at peace with everyone. Sometimes. Sometimes you can do everything right and still there is, the, there is some unsettled tension that is going on. Sometimes it's not possible. And sometimes just by nature of you living your life in a way where you're trying to follow God or anything like that, sometimes that will put you in conflict with others that there is no resolution. And that's disappointing and that's hard and that's difficult to to deal with, but sometimes we have to realize that there are people in our life that will, that there, there won't be peace always. We should do everything we can. And last week we talked about that boundaries, but there's sometimes we have to put up those boundaries in our life. Check out the sermon last week that like, just make sure that, you know, I'm going to follow and do what I'm responsible for, but sometimes I, I, I can't come to peace in this situation. But, but, right, as far as it depends on you, as much as you can do, as much as humanly possible, we should strive 
for peace. We should. We should strive for peacefulness in our relationships. We should strive for there not to be unresolved things going on in our lives. That should be our goal. And so that's going to be kind of our goal today, is thinking about how we can be peacemakers, so to speak. How we can come to a point of uh, resolution with things. Well, there actually I've been using, using this word here. You hear this a lot, is conflict resolution. Anybody have uh, like at work, like little workshops to talk about conflict resolution? We have a couple people nodding their head like, Ugh, and they're like, Ugh. you know, it's like one of those things. It's like you have to go through and like, okay, this is how we do it. Let's have a mediation set. You know, let's do some conflict resolution and let's work these things out. And really, conflict resolution is kind of step one. It's kind of the baseline. Really, to be perfectly honest with you, conflict resolution is kind of kid stuff resolution uh, or peacemaking. It's kind of the bare bones. Let me explain. There are many times I, uh, in my job, my day job working with kids over at Vista Peak Exploratory, I participate in some conflict resolution. Can you imagine? There's a thousand kids. Can you imagine that there's occasion where we have to resolve some conflict? Okay? It kind of typically goes like this. One kid comes over to me and says, I want to play tag. But they don't want to play tag. And I said, I want to play tag. And they said, no. And so here's how I resolve that conflict. I say, you know what? If they don't want to play tag, they don't have to play tag. But if you want to play tag, maybe you should go find somebody else they would like to play tag, okay? And they're like, okay. And they go find somebody else to play tag, all right? Stuff like this. This is conversations I have on a daily basis. This is, this is insightful stuff, right? This is conflict resolution. What it is is it's, it's, there's a little problem. There's something that I would like to be different, and I need some kind of solution to handle this. And it, in the adult world, it kind of goes like, you know, kind of, it's not that different, really, to be honest with you. Conflict resolution is maybe, maybe it's with your boss where they say, you know what, I want you to do this. And you say, I really don't want to do that. And they say, yeah, you're going to do that. And we move on. And that's the resolution. Okay, right? That's conflict resolution. It's, there's a conflict. There's two opinions. One it, answer kind of wins out. And that's the resolution. That's Conflict resolution. Typically, a winner and loser. Typically, how it works is one person is mad and the other person is happy. Maybe there's a little bit of middle ground. Maybe there's a little bit of give and take. But a lot of times, how conflict resolution ends is one person leaves or is unhappy or doesn't get their way. And you know what? I think that in our culture, that's kind of where we're at with conflict, is we, we resolve conflict on the resolution level, where one person kind of wins out. We have a democratic system almost, and one point of view wins out, 
And that's the resolution. And sometimes even in family members, marriages, if there's, it's only on conflict resolution, sometimes one person leaves or both people leave. You know what happened? You know what the trend is in our culture? It used to be people went to their neighborhood church. Imagine that. But, and, and like, what's the church in my neighborhood? I'll go hang out there and, and meet some people, and maybe it's a little different from what I'm used to, but uh, that's typically what. Now the trend is go and drive 100 miles away and find the coolest church where you can like, you like it the most, no conflict, everybody's the same, everybody's just like you, everybody, the mu- everybody likes the same music, everybody wears the same clothes, everybody's kids are the same age, and, and I found my spot because... I don't have to resolve conflict in that situation. It's just simple, easy, everybody's like me. And that's the way it goes. And that's kind of how we resolve conflict a little bit now. And in our culture, a lot of times, we just decide, I'm going, if it's not my way, or if it's not like this, I'm out. Because the only skills I have is conflict resolution. The scripture is so much deeper than that. And I think that if we grow up to be mature relationships, mature adults, following in the way of Christ, following in the scriptural picture, we need to get to not just resolution, but reconciliation. And that is very different. Extremely different. That is very different. The the resolution is kid stuff. Resolution is just kind of simple stuff, simple dealing with things. And resolution does work for people that you are not that close to. And it does work in an environment where there are clear authoritative structures. But, and it works, so it works at work. It works with people you have to tolerate, okay? But the mature stuff, reconciliation, is what you do at home. And it's what you do with the people that you love. It's not what you do at work with the people you have to tolerate. It's what you have to do at home with family, with the people that you love. And you know what? In my opinion, I consider you like my family, my church family, people that I love. So I'm striving to do more than just resolution. It's about reconciliation. Reconciliation is a whole different level. It's about the relationship, not the disagreement. It's about the relationship. It's about the person, not just the problem. Okay? Reconciliation is a whole different world. And it's mature stuff. And it's deep. And it's hard. And it's difficult. And it takes some wisdom. So, if it's possible, we should live at peace. If it's possible, we need to do that. If it's possible, we need to get to a deeper level in how we deal with conflict. So, here's a couple of things. A couple of suggestions. Healthy conflict reconciliation. Really, the beginning of it, I believe, is a self-check. If there is conflict, 
if there is something that needs to be mediated, if there is a problem, I think you need to start with you. You need to start with yourself. I'm not saying you're to blame. You may be 1% in the blame, but I think it needs to start with you. If you want to have a healthy uh, way to deal with it, you need to make sure that your attitude going into it is healthy. Okay? So it starts with you. And it's kind of like a little check. It's kind of like the, you know, uh, 100-point inspection every 100,000 miles on your car. It's kind of like the annual physical. It's kind of just like a little list of things to go through and say, am I in the right in this moment? Do I have the right attitude? Am I in the right spirit to deal with conflict on a deeper level than just finding an answer? But to, recon but to reconcile. So here's a little self-check, and let's start in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, 3 through 5 says this. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is Jesus, and Jesus is giving uh, a little illustration. He is doing something that is hilarious to people at the time. It's actually, he's using kind of like some comedy in this. He is giving an outrageous example to make a point. And this was common humor in that culture and era. And he's like, look, you're like, oh, you're looking at somebody's just little, oh, you got a little something in your eye. And you got a log sticking out of your eye. You got this big, giant log hanging out. And you're looking at other people. And that is sometimes how we look at things. We only see that we've been wronged. We only see others' error. We only see everything else. And we need to do a spec check. We need to check ourselves. And don't be looking for a little, you know, am I being a nitpicky person? Am I, am I overlooking my own error, my own fault, my own part of this? And only looking to others. You know, when you go into a, a conversation with somebody about conflict and you admit the areas where you have been in error, everything changes, the mood flips around, and that just changes the whole dynamic of everything, right? When we are humble, that's what it's about. It's humility. Saying, I am not completely faultless in this. I... Humbly approaching it, even if it is just 1% your error. Humbly approach it. If you have zero error in the matter, you still need to approach it with humility, with an eye towards reconciliation, with an eye towards repairing the relationship and repairing the harm. The first thing we have to do is look at ourselves. Second thing. We need to do an ear check. James 1, 19 says this. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Okay? Quick to listen, 
slow to speak, slow to become angry. So at first, quick to listen. Quick to listen. Quick to give opportunity for somebody else to express their point of view. If it's just about resolution, the idea is whose argument will win out. Make your case, make it clear, shout down the other person, and win the day, right? Sounds like fun. But we want to get to reconciliation. That means sometimes listening to how others feel, even if it wasn't necessarily something that was your intent. It wasn't my intent to to say something that harmed you. I didn't intend that. Maybe other people put motives on us that were not our motives. But we need to hear that. If we're mature enough to try to build the relationship, we need to hear how other people are feeling as a response to the conflict that's going on. We need to hear. We need to listen. We need to, like, ask, you know what? I, did, did that hurt your feelings? Was it, you know, did, did you take that the wrong? You know, just be open to hearing how somebody else took something. There are lots and lots of times, and this is what is so challenging about conflict resolution. There's lots of times where you walk into a conflict and you're like, did, did I show up to something that I, I, I wasn't a part of? Maybe you said something or maybe something happened and all of a sudden somebody just like is triggered. And we don't realize that... There is events that have happened and taken place in other people's lives that sometimes inappropriately others assign others' blame on us. Like somebody else did something to me, and now I'm going to associate you with this. That's not your fault. But if you care about the person, you should at least hear that. You should hear it. You should listen. You should be empathetic. We should be trying to reconcile. We should be trying to, trying to understand more about others. And so we have to listen. We have to do an ear check. We have to say, am I willing to hear somebody else's point of view? Am I open to that? You know, it's so weird to me. This is a side note. Not planned. Not in the notes. So it could get kind of crazy right now. Buckle up. All right. So... It's weird to me how Christian people have kind of been known for being really rigid and not open to other people's point of view. That's odd to me. Really odd to me. Because Christ came to change us. Christ came to change our hearts. Be from people who are sinful, selfish, lost in sin to people who are loving, forgiving, and different. And the whole point of Christianity is for us to become more and more like God. It's like we should be people who change a lot quicker than everybody else. We should be. But a lot of times Christians have a reputation of, I will not listen to anybody else's point of view because it's locked in, in my head. I won't listen to you. I won't hear you. 
And unfortunately, there are millions of people who have walked away from churches because they felt like they weren't listened to. It wasn't really, in the end, like about just who won the argument. It was about a relationship that they had to walk away. And they said, I don't want to have to be a part of that. You may have won the argument, but you lost my relationship. How sad is that? We can't be that kind of people. The kind of people that won't be open to listening to others. I love a good argument. I'll debate you on all kinds of different things. But sometimes we need to check ourselves and say, it's with humility that we approach others, and the person is more important than the point. And we have to be willing to hear Willing to listen. Willing to demonstrate love before correction. Check the log. Ear check. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. And then it also says slow to anger. But another uh, verse that goes along with that, with our third point mood check, is Colossians 3.8. says this. But now you must also rid yourself of all things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Week one, toxic talk. We talked about a lot of that. Don't participate in gossip. Don't do it. Don't badmouth other people behind their back. If you have a conflict with somebody, go talk to them directly. Matthew chapter 18 details that. Uh, we're not going to get into that too much today. But you need to do a mood check. You need to check, are you at a point where you are angry, you are upset, you cannot speak to somebody in a productive, helpful way, okay? So here's my recommendation with all these things. My recommendation with all these things is if there is a situation where conflict arises, I would go through the checklist as a prayer list. More than just like, yep, check, check, check. I would go through it with a thoughtful moment of prayer. If you know you're going into a point of conflict, I, just go through this for a moment. Stop yourself, pray for the other person, and then take some moments to, to reflect personally. How am I in my spirit? Am I nitpicking other people is there a part of this that i am an heir god forgive me if there's an area of my life here in this conflict where i was in the wrong god help me to listen help me to hear help me to empathy help me to have empathy help me to love my neighbor god help me to listen to their point of view and god Help me not to have anger, rage, malice. Help me to make sure that I am on the other person's side, not against them. That I am going to come into this not with just violent language, not with an attack. But I'm going to speak in a way where my mood is for reconciliation. And my mood is for us to come together. Amen. And I'm ready to go. Right? You know what? I think 80%, 80% of the, 
of the conflict is almost resolved. 80% of it. 80% of the conflict has almost been resolved if you approach it in a good manner. I really, really believe that. And you know, a lot of times, a lot of things, conflict, sometimes it's just misunderstanding. Emotional misunderstanding sometimes. I read you wrong. All that was. But you did a check. You're in the right space. And a lot of the conflict is ready to be resolved. You're set up and ready to go. Right? That's great. But there's more. Matthew chapter 5. 23 and 24. This is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus got done talking about blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the meek, all that stuff. And he continues really along the same theme, really talking about being a peacemaker. He is continuing to explain what that means when he says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, First, go and be reconciled to them. Then, come and offer your gift. This is, seems like, what, what, what is he talking about here? This is a very profound point. This is very critical to conflict resolution. It's really talking about very specific, very clear initiative. That's what it's talking about. And to, Jesus is saying... That if you are in a place like this, or you go to the temple and you're like going to sing some songs to God, you're going to raise your hand, you're going to clap, you're going to do a little beat like Tim had us do. Um, you know, you're going to offer your, your worship, your gift to God. You're coming to this place to worship God. Guess what? He's saying if you have conflict with your brother or sister, your neighbor, your family member, your friend, you should leave. I'm going to go ahead and give you an opportunity right now. No, just show Just show uh, You're like, what? Uh, wouldn't that be kind of cool if somebody stood up and said, all right, I'm out of here. No. Uh, some of you might be like, yeah, well, get out of church a little bit early. Go check out the donuts. But the point really was is it is more important to resolve the conflict with somebody else than it is to show up and worship God and give your sacrifice. That this was an essential part of their faith. It's an essential part of our faith. But even more so in that time, they came to get forgiveness of their sins. They brought a sacrifice. They did it in a way that was more ritualistic than the way that we do it. But still, they were coming to the location, to the place, to find forgiveness from God. But what Jesus was saying is before you get forgiveness from God, you have to go and get forgiveness from others. It's more important. And it has to happen first. Because if you go and you're seeking God's forgiveness, but inside of you, you're holding bitterness, resentment, conflict with other people, something is missing. You're missing the point. And so you have to take specific, specific initiative. You have to go first to others. 
This is a critical, critical, critical part of our faith, is, re- is finding resolution with others. So, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, what has happened to me sometimes in my life. When I've let things kind of linger. Anybody, you know, let like a little something, you know, like go on too long? Here's what's happened to me before, okay? Somebody calls me and I'm busy and leaves me a voicemail message, all right? Uh, be gracious with me, okay? I'm a busy guy. Uh, but somebody gives me a voicemail message and I'm like, oh, I saw that. I need to give them a call back. And then a day passes. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to call that person back. I'll do it. I'll do it a little bit later. And then... A couple of days pass, and I'm like, hmm, I don't really know if I can call that person back now because a couple of days have gone, and now it's kind of awkward. And I should have called them back a couple of days ago, but I didn't now. And then, if it goes on longer, it's like, I didn't call that person back. And if I see them, I got to hide behind the bushes when they show up because I didn't call them back. And they called me a month ago, and I forgot to call them. And so the next time I see them, I just I can't have anything to do with them. And it escalates, right? And it gets worse and worse. And it's a weird thing. Conflict is not something that just kind of like stays the same. Relationships are not something that stays the same. It's either getting better or it's getting worse. And something just kind of that is just like going and not dealt with just gets worse and worse. It just gets more and more sour. And it's just time does not heal all wounds. Sometimes it makes it worse. And the scripture is telling us that be mature enough to act, to do something, to take initiative, to go out and step, to be brave enough to step out and talk through the, the, the situation that is going on. So first, I, I did a self-check. I prayed through. I'm, I, you know what? I checked myself first. I am going, I'm ready to listen. I'm not like in a crazy mood or whatever. But I need to go, and I need to reconcile. I need to go and take some initiative. I need to do something. I need to pick up the phone. I need to call somebody back. I need to go and, you know what? Go tell my kids, you know what? This morning, I was grumpy. And I yelled at you, and that was not your fault. I apologize for that. Because... You know what? Our relationship matters, and that was not appropriate. We need to deal with that. Of course, there are situations where it's high tension, high drama. It doesn't mean you run and deal with that immediately. You may need to set up a meeting, a time, a space where everybody is good to go. You have a little bit of time to deal with it, and you can sit down, and you can talk to somebody, and you can talk it through. But you need to do something. You need to act. Mature people like are proactive 
about reconciling when something has gone wrong. So put down your, like, put down your sacrifice, put down your gift, and go and deal with it. It's not getting better by just letting time pass. Re- remember some of the things we talked about, some of the caveats, obviously, that we talked about in this, uh, this the discussion on forgiveness and boundaries. That is important. Sometimes you will not be able to make peace with everyone. But if at all possible, try to make peace, right? And if it's your family, if it's your friends, if it's your church, if it's the people close to you, just do it. Just do it. Because these relationships, it's, it's so much more important. Be brave. Be mature. Take that initiative. We are in a world of incredible division. And it's, it's really stark and it's really frightening. Sometimes it's scary. Looking around and seeing how divided people are. I don't think that that's God's plan. That's, let me just say, that's not God's plan, okay? I, I, I can be definitive on that. What it is, is it's called sin. That when people and relationships are divided, when people and relationships are harmed, that's, it's sin that is the cause of that. It's sin. Sin divides and breaks up relationships. Sin breaks up our relationship with our Creator, with God. And what God is all about is reconciliation. The whole scripture is about God's plan of salvation for us. Do you realize what that is? It's a reconciliation project, trying to restore the relationship trying to bring us back together, trying to mediate this hurt, this harm, this conflict, trying to do that. That is all of the whole biblical story. We need to be people that are peacemakers. We need to be people who learn how to do this. Or we're missing a really, really core principle of our faith. And I don't know if we'll really ever be able to fully understand or embrace God's forgiveness of us. Unless we can figure out how to manage it. So it's a challenge and it's an art. It takes some practice and it takes some wisdom. But I encourage you, do a self-check. Make sure you're in the right. Make sure you're in the right place and go and take initiative to reconcile relationships. Don't just have to bounce from relationship to relationship or have, you know, a slew of people that you no longer can associate with anymore. Because I can only do conflict resolution. Be a person that is redemptive. Be a person that brings healing to those relationships. Will you pray with me?
God, relationships are so difficult, so challenging. Sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I do things that are harmful to others. Sometimes I need to take ownership of that and respond and say sorry and deal with it. God, help us as people of faith to understand that your heart, your mission, your message for us is to right these wrongs. To bring people back together. Help us, God, to learn how to do it in our own lives. So, God, I pray for strength. I pray for wisdom. I pray that you would help us to be people who grow in this. Right now, I just want you to take a moment on your own to reflect on the words that were spoken. And just think through, is there somebody that I need to do some restoration with? Is there somebody that I need to reconcile the relationship? And if that's the case, take a moment right now and to do a little self-check. Calm yourself down because there may be a lot of emotions. And just open yourself up to going and repairing. Going and seeking that person out. We're here to seek God's forgiveness. We're here to ask God to forgive us. And that is a super important thing to do. But really, before we do that, we have to reconcile with others. So right now, in your heart and your mind, think about maybe the hard thing that you need to do this week. To try to reconcile. Take a moment, open yourself up to God and offer your own prayers. Be open to God, how God speaks to you.